Yes, people. Welcome to Starburst Crimes. My name is Starburst. This is the introduction of my crime podcast. Or you could say true crime podcast and YouTube channel called Starburst Crimes. You'll be mainly talking about crimes that interest me, that can be solved, unresolved, because I do love myself a good mystery. And maybe later on, I will include, I don't know, ghost stories, supernatural, etc. I guess something around that line I'll figure out later on. But just before I start the first episode slash case, just to let you guys know, all this information I've gathered up from books I've read, articles, and from different websites. Anyway, let's get cracking. So the first case starts in Newcastle. First case starts in Newcastle, northeast of England. A girl called Mary Bell was born in 1957 in an area called Scotthood, which is considered to be a rough area. I guess nowadays you'll call it a council estate in the UK or the hood in America. That area was known to have high police presence due to its domestic abuse issues, drug activities and sex workers. Mary's environment at home had a lot of domestic abuse and her mother Betty Bell was mentally unstable. In the area she was known to be a prostitute and her father, Mary's father Billy Bell who wasn't actually her biological father, had a history of petty crimes and was sentenced to prison due to robbery. This video I'm going to show is one of the detectives who was dealing the Mary Bell case. The drunkard. Well, Billy Bell, Mary's father, was well known to the police. He was a big, rough chap, gypsy type uh, in appearance, a muscular type of man, uh, not the kind of man one would have liked to meet on a dark night, certainly. But uh, when one considered that Mary was brought up in a household like that, what chance could she possibly have had? On. In one of the books I read, Cries Unheard, the story of Mary Bell by Gita Serini. Definitely a good read. I would highly recommend. It explains how Betty would force Mary to take part in prostitution and make money from her. Betty has also tried to kill Mary Bell many times with the intention to make it look like an accident. At that time, Mary Bell was 11 years old. People describe her as a young girl that had dark hair and piercing blue eyes. She also had a best friend called Norma Bell, who was age 13. She was a kid that had lots of anger and would just beat up kids at school. Although she was younger than, well, she was older than Mary by two years, she was easily influenced and led and also had difficult learning difficulties. I will show another interview of Mary Bell's teacher explaining how Mary Bell's personality is. I met Mary, a child in my class, came in one morning and had a mark on her cheek. When I asked her what it was, she said that Mary had stubbed out a cigarette on her cheek. And um, I said for Mary, along came this little girl and um, I said to her, have you done this? And Mary said, oh yes. And I said, well, well, um, I'm just sorry for what you've done. Yes. Now I'll get into the main part. On May 25th, 1968, in Newcastle, a body was found. 
of a four-year-old in an abandoned home in Scotwood in a rough area. The boy was called Martin Brown. He was found dead in a bedroom laying on his back, stretched outline. He was on a cross surrounded by dirt and rubbish with blood coming from his mouth. The police was unable to find any suspects. Therefore, they judged Martin's death as an accident and slipped and hit his head playing around in Scotwood. Within that week, a break happened in a nursery in Scotwood that was that vandalized all over and contained angry, frustrated notes. It stated, We did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off you bastard. And one was a bit of, of struggle to read, but it also had it seemed it had a confession roughly stating, We murdered Martin Brown. Look out there. Our murderers and after those rude words you think that this would be any I mean in hindsight you think this would be where police would come back to find the case and link it however they just wrote it off as a prank or breaking so soon later another death happened in July 31st 1968 another child was missing his name was Brian he was nowhere to be seen throughout the day and only the police were able to find him till 11pm where Brian was found well his body was found near Hexham railway line covered in a blanket of grass with bruises and marks all around the baby's neck it was clear that the police knew that this was a victim of a homicide within Brian's body he had a mutilated M carved on his body, including stab marks over his legs. Now the city of Newcastle are now made aware that there's a serial killer on the run. However, it wasn't until the death of Brian for the police to consider the similarities between those deaths of Martin and they would have never known that Mary Bell, who she already knew, had spoken to her often had killed our son. Information from the pathologist mentioned how Brian Howie, had been strangled to death between 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. He noted pressure marks around the boy's neck and across his nose. Brian had been choked, smothered carefully and deliberately. The pathologist also found something much more sinister in his hair. The skin on his leg had been sliced, as I mentioned before, the M was carved around his stomach and his genitals were mutilated. The information from the detective in the scene was called, or his name was Detective Dobson. There was no anger in the cut marks made to the child's body, but rather insisted that they had been made with a curious playfulness. There was a terrible playfulness about it, as we mentioned, and, and Dobson said, Somehow, this playfulness of it made it more rather than less terrifying. So, just let me just throw a little quick hidden fact. So, within that time, I think it was 1968, you have to remember that in the UK, the social services weren't around that time. It was only till the 1970s and the creation of the social service departments, which ended up being appearing in 1971. 
I was around to take care of kids at that young age. So now I'm in another juicy pit. This is where the both girls were caught red-handed. So in Brian's funeral, the detective I mentioned before analyzed the crown. Sorry, the crown. The crowd. The crowd and was suspicious with Mary Bell. He mentioned how his behaviour, or her behaviour, was unordinary and disturbing. He stated Maribel was standing in front of the, the boys' bodies and his house when the coffin was brought out. I was watching her. Also, he said that it was when I saw her there that I knew I did not dare risk another day. She stood there laughing, laughing, rubbing her hands. I thought, my God. I've got to bring her in, she'll do another one. So Detective Dobson concluded that I should take her in with her friend Norma that afternoon. So the two children that were in question were at that time 11 and 13 years old. Even though they both had the same last name, they never really had any relations, they were just best friends. Another detective came in the scene and was in charge also in the investigation of the previous death of uh, Martin Brown's death. Started to put out leaflets for child abuses around that area. So now we're pushing into the inter inter interrogation stage. Mary and Norma were constantly changing their stories, which the police kept pushing to get their truth until Norma couldn't take it anymore and broke on August 4th which imagine the death was around July 31st so to say and the first death was around when was it May so a couple of months apart the death and then they were put interrogation another one two three four five five months around there August 4th it was and Norma said prior to all of this, Mary took her to Brian's body and Norma explained how she showed the toddler body was positioned and also provided key evidence where Mary Bell had the scissors that was used to harm the boy. So Norma's just admitting the truth, saying how she, her friend Mary was showing all the evidence and explaining well, how did she do the body and where did she place the body. Although, the police still were not convinced that Norma Bell was innocent and they were both charged with two counts of manslaughter in August 1968. This trial lasted nine days. Mary appeared disengaged and Mary didn't understand the implication of what happened. By December 17th, Norma Bell was also charged, but Mary was convicted to manslaughter. The jury felt that Mary needed a court appointed psychiatrist. The psychiatrist said that Mary is a classic symptom of a psychopath. The judge explained how she posed a risk to other children. She was sent to Red Bank Secure Unit in Lancashire. If people didn't know, Red Bank Secure Unit was a detention centre where teenagers who had committed crimes such as rape, murder and arson would be put there. So there's a hidden fact. In Red Bank Secure Unit, which was the detention centre as I said, was opened from 1965 and closed recently, just about six years ago, 2015. So, 
this is the end of the first episode. Stay tuned for the next episode where I'll be talking about the aftermath of Mary Bell. Thank you for your time. And let me know your thoughts. Thanks again and have a blessed day. Peace.